The year is 2018. The American stock market is hovering around an all-time high. Analysts and pundits near and far see no end in sight. For many, the bullish wave is just beginning to surface. But what happens when a bull market suddenly turns bare and confidence in the market erodes into a vacuum of fear, uncertainty, and doubt? On bear markets, we look at the stories behind some of the biggest financial disasters in history and ask why. Bear Markets is proudly presented by 71 Republic. For essays, videos, and podcasts, please visit 71republic.com. During the cryptocurrency boom of 2017, speculators saw incredible gains across an entire burgeoning market ecosystem. In the winter months, it became routine to watch portfolios double, triple, or quadruple in position over the course of only a few days or weeks. Some pointed to a major shift in financial and cultural norms that could possibly rewrite the modern industries of banking, supply chain, and currency as we know it. Others only saw tulips. While giddy market predictors of major media outlets signaled a buy or miss out moment, to others, the massive boom and what would become the massive bust of cryptocurrency was reminiscent of the wildly volatile and inevitably useless market for tulips that exploded during the Dutch Golden Age of the early 17th century. Ogier Guilain de Boesbeck was a Flemish herbalist and writer who was credited with introducing the tulip to the low countries of Europe in the 1500s. For much of his life, Boesbeck served Austrian monarch Ferdinand I as an ambassador to the Ottoman Empire, during which time he published the Turkish Letters, an account of Ottoman politics and his own personal adventures. His interest in herbalism would lead him to send Turkish tulips to the pioneering botanist Charles de la Clouse, who introduced them into the low countries of Europe in the mid-16th century. While many believe the tulips came strictly from Turkey, historical research suggests that varieties were also imported from Russia. By 1593, the Netherlandish botanist Carolus Clusius had established the Hortus Academicus, now the oldest botanical garden in the Netherlands. His research found that tulip bulbs can survive the harsh climates of the Low Countries and led to an increase in popularity for the flower. Clusius revered the tulip as a scientific experiment and refused to share knowledge of its propagation. It is believed that a group of interested speculators frustrated by Clusius's refusal to share stole a collection of tulips and began, in earnest, the Dutch tulip industry. Soon, the tulip would become synonymous with the latent Dutch bourgeoisie, and interest in owning the bulbs and their contracts would grow to a fever pitch. In Europe, the tulip was a new and exciting commodity. Full of bright, saturated colors, no plant or flower rivaled its magnificence. Coinciding with the success of the lucrative East Indies trade routes that routinely brought more than 400% return per trip, the country was suddenly flush with money and interested in new markets to further cement and explore their wealth. Tulips featured in paintings and at festivals throughout the region, and their value as a luxury item soared. The tulip can be bred into many different shades, and at the time they were classified into several groups based on their color. 
White streaks on lilac were classified as violetin. Single-hued tulips of red, yellow, or white were labeled coolerin. White streaks on a red or pink stem were named rosin. The rarest of the whole bunch were called bizarden for their yellow or white streaks on a brown or purple background. Much of the exquisite beauty of tulips grew, oddly enough, from a virus. The tulip-specific mosaic virus, also known as the tulip-breaking virus, caused bulbs to break the petal into two or more colors. Because of the virus, new colors and varieties were constantly being created by amateur botanists with an eye towards the exploding market. At the height of the tulip mania, new varieties were often given prestigious titles with over 50 new species labeled either general or admiral. Due to the long propagation cycle of tulip buds, many of the most appealing species take years to cultivate. This led to a small supply of rare tulips that was met with a sharp rise in market demand. Because of the tulip's long breeding window, a futures market was established, and tulip traders would sign future contracts before a notary to buy tulips at the end of each season. They would then resell those contracts at marked-up costs. The mosaic virus, which created the beautiful new species of tulips, played an unmistakable role in the rise of the tulip market as contract prices for the rare bulbs infected with the virus skyrocketed, so too did the price of common, unbroken bulbs. Before long, any tulip bulb, mosaic virus infected or not, could fetch hundreds of Dutch guilders. In 1630, 315 Dutch guilders were equivalent to a year's salary for an unskilled worker. At today's exchange rate, 315 guilders would be worth roughly $30,000. As such, Dutch traders paid an estimated year's salary for a normal tulip bulb and often much more than that for the rare varieties. Much of the trading occurred in taverns where buyers were required to pay a fee of three guilders per trade. This ecosystem was commonly referred to as win handle or win trade because contracts instead of physical bulbs were the means of trade. The major currency of Europe during this time was the Dutch guilder. Each coin contained 3.5 grams of fine gold that today would yield anywhere between $300 to $1,000. At the height of the tulip mania, a single bulb of viceroy species could fetch 2,500 guilders. Broken down into physical goods, a bulb of viceroy could be commonly traded for two lasts of wheat, four lasts of rye, four fat oxen, eight fat swine, 12 fat sheep, two hogshead of wine, four tons of beer, two tons of butter, a thousand pounds of cheese, a bed, a suit, and a silver drinking cup. By 1636, the tulip had become the fourth largest export from the Netherlands after herrings, cheese, and gin. Only a year earlier, a trade of 40 bulbs for 100,000 Dutch guilders was recorded at a staggering modern-day price point of $1 million. It was during that winter that the tulip exchange reached its peak. Tulip contracts were being traded several times a day, with new traders never seeing an actual bulb. The market was driven purely on speculation. Only months later, in February of 1637, the tulip market would begin to wither. The bubonic plague is an infectious disease that causes fever, vomiting, swollen lymph nodes, and in some cases, death. 
by February of 1637, the bubonic plague was on the minds of many throughout the Dutch Empire, and it imbued the population with a fatalistic outlook that created a culture of risk-taking. Some analysts now suggest that it was, in fact, the bubonic plague and traders' concern over their future that caused the price of tulips to explode. By spring, in the city of Haarlem, an outbreak of bubonic plague caused traders to simply refuse to show up at the bulb auction. In April, the Dutch government issued a decree stipulating that bulbs had to be bought with cash instead of IOUs. Furthermore, Dutch banks could no longer accept tulip contracts as collateral for loans. Suddenly, there was little money left to buy the marked-up contracts, and banks began collecting on their tulip loans. By May of that year, the bubonic plague outbreak had spread, and the tulip market plunged, leaving many traders and speculators holding the bag. In today's climate of high-tech innovation, the tulip mania serves as a constant reminder of the mania that mass groups can create. Mania is defined as a mental illness marked by periods of great excitement, euphoria, delusions, and overactivity. At the center of the 1636-1637 tulip bull run is a collective mania that saw all demographics of Dutch society trying their hand at the speculative market. Fortunes were gained and lost in months, and this ecosystem of trade included all walks of life, from nobles down to chimney sweeps. In 1841, Scottish journalist Charles Mackay wrote the book Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. In the work, Mackay cited the South Sea Bubble and Mississippi Scheme as other examples of mania that led to highly speculative markets. In Hendrik Pott's infamous Wagon of Fools, a caravan of traders and speculators sit on a wagon with the two-faced goddess Fortuna at the wheel. They are followed by a group of Harlem weavers who have abandoned their looms to follow the tulip trade. Flora, the goddess of flowers, towers above the riders holding a bouquet of tulips as a flag adorned with the flower waves in the wind. Bear Markets is proudly presented by 71 Republic. For essays, videos, and podcasts, please visit 71republic.com.